Welcome to the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour, bringing you honest talk, even when it bites. Now on 77 WABC, here are your hosts, Alex Alexanian and Brenda Bush. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again. Welcome to the hour that talks about dogs and not so much about humans. Except today, we are going to be talking about humans a a lot, right? We're all fired up over this Wisconsin issue, but we couldn't find a way to make that a dog story, not just yet anyway, so maybe <laughs> maybe in a few weeks. the 14 Democrats that are in hiding so they can't vote? Uh, unbelievable. Is this America or what? <laughs> what is going on out you, you there? Don't like, you don't like what's being proposed as a bill, so you just go in hiding. Unbelievable stuff. I, I'm telling you, I've never heard of anything like this, but we're okay. going to switch our attention right away to dogs. We have a jam-packed show again. We have three guests, which we don't like to do because... It doesn't serve the, uh, you know, the, the time We're going to roll right through it, though. Tough, Today we're, we're talking, try. it's me or the dog. It's me or the dog. And, and uh, listen, guys, if anybody out there has had this happen to them, has, had that, has heard that uh, fearful line, it's me or the dog, or has come across someone that has gone through this uh, terrible experience. How'd you react? It's a pretty How'd you bad deal experience. With it? Yeah. Call us at 1-800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-9222. And we'll try to get you on, even though we are very, very full up today. Nevertheless, uh, so the subject of, uh, of the day is It's Me or the Dog. And, you know, there's a show called It's Me or the Dog on Animal Planet. Um, right. So we're doing a little bit of a twist. We're doing a we're little doing bit a of a twist, twist on that. On but that. They really fo- they focus on common training and behavior problems, which right. I mean, it serves it's a valuable service because a lot of people identify with the issues in those shows. That And, and uh, we uh, contacted uh, Victoria Stilwell, who is the hostess of that uh, of that show. She's the trainer. She's mm-hmm. the trainer. And, and we the, thought it'd be cute if she was on. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, we were not successful. She was a little successful. too Hollywood. Yeah. For uh, for a dog show. I think she's uh, much too much into training. And uh, and television. So we're not going to have uh, Victoria still well on, but we have three enormous and tremendous guests. guests coming up. Yeah. So be, without further ado, let's turn to our first guest. And it, she is Cheryl Mathis. She's author of um, Leashes and Lovers. She's a dog expert and founder of the leashesandlovers.com website. Um, are, we, are you with us, Cheryl? I am. Hello. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. And hey, we're all we're all A list, and I've interviewed a lot of people on the A list, and you guys are A list. So, <laughs> well, thanks because you said so for yeah, sure. We that pay makes you it. to say that, though. That's the difference. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Thanks. So, let me ask you, what what exactly is Leashes and Lovers? Well, Leashes and Lovers is basically a club where dog lovers can connect, and whether that's for a date, a relationship, friendships, those with the same dog breed as the others, and then they can also get advice from experts and the calls that we have every month and on training and on relationships and different dog breeds. So um, it's mainly a club, but it's also a marketplace. So dog lovers can go there, too, to find their products and services, get breed information, news, and tips. And uh, as you mentioned, too, you know, a best-selling book, because mm-hmm. I'd gotten to do so many interviews with A-list people. Um, I didn't get Victoria, but I did get Cesar uh-huh. Milan and Rachel Ray and Howard Stern and asked them a lot about how their dogs impact their relationships, because these days especially, having a dog is not just a dog that's outside usually in your backyard. It's in your bed. It's in your home. It's a relationship. It's a family pack and unit right. um, just mm-hmm. as much as every other member of the family. So, And that can lead to a lot of issues in the human relationships as well, right? So. Oh, completely. So much so that, like I said, it easily made for a book in the, from the interviews I had with hundreds of dog lovers as well as the celebrities. 
And I should so, say we have a, we have a, um, a a link to the book uh, to purchase the book on our website. We also have uh, one chapter that's there in a PDF, so you can get a little flavor of it before you go out and buy it. So, yeah, and that particular chapter is in the in the event that there's going to be a breakup, how do you handle that? So if the relationship splits, but the dog doesn't. But there are other chapters though more too on how to make the relationship work and right. how to handle a lot of those fortitudes that might come with being a couple. Cheryl, how often does it happen, honey? Is it's me or the dog? How often does that? Sort ultimatum. of coming to play, the ultimatum coming to I'm play. I'm going to say manipulative tactic and put my spin on it. <laughs> well, if you're talking women, it's, it was 100% in all the interviews I did. And really, I have talked to hundreds of women. And in every instance, women would say, it's me. It, 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 you have to like my dog. mean like it's, it's a my, package deal. No, what I'm it's talking about deal. in the middle of a relationship, already something that's formed, not in advance. We can talk about that later. But how often does it happen that, you know, you're in a relationship, and is it usually the guy that, that throws the line out, basically says, look, I can't take this dog anymore? Right, and then, and then usually the woman will say, okay, then we're done. Wait, wait, what, what are you basing that on? I mean, that's a, that's a tremendous statement to make. You just went over it like it's nothing. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I'll tell you because it's such a, um, a relationship these days that I think more women are waiting to get married. They're getting married later. And the dog has been a big part of their unit. And, and so it, it can put a strain on a relationship. I think more so, though, too, if the relationship was not that strong to begin with, then the dog is always going to win out. But so, with women especially, it's, you know, once you're a team, you're a team. Right. And you understand that commitment that your dog has. I mean, your dog is probably usually the most honest, earnest uh, mate that you'll ever have. Your dog will never be tempted or swayed to replace you with anybody else. And your dog doesn't care if you're younger, slimmer, healthier, or wealthier. Um, your dog really only has eyes for you. And it's almost like this unspoken commitment that women have with their dog. So... Um, the guy needs to be, I think, understanding as far as that goes. So what used to happen in the days prior to female liberation? Let's say 50 years ago, <laughs> same situation. What, what would women do then? They may not. They probably would have stood more by their man. And, but that's because the dog wasn't as much in the house and wasn't as much as the, the family unit. They're much more family members now than they ever were before. Mm-hmm. So the I mean, dog goes... Yeah. The dog used to end up going to the shelter. I mean, I think it's an important thing we're talking about here. I mean, what this is what's saying is that the relationships that people have with their dogs are just as strong. In fact, sometimes, well, no, she, sometimes stronger than yeah, they Cheryl's have. Yeah, Cheryl's saying it's stronger. Right? But there's different mm-hmm. scenarios, right? There's dating, right? There's dating and, and trying. No, I'm talking about when versus, the relationship's already in force. Well, hopefully you've already, you know, been honest and upfront about uh, about the issues involved before you've reached, you know, living together and well, commitment, well, I mean, lifelong commitment with the, uh, you know, potential partner. So do, do people break up, Cheryl, uh, over the dog? Um, they have. They definitely have. I, I have talked to plenty of women, um, probably more so in the dating stage, as you mentioned, um, rather than as a couple. But I'll tell you, though, the, uh, there's a big thing in the courts these days where when couples do split that it's much more in the um it, it's spelled out in in the terms of who gets what mm-hmm, and it, mm-hmm. it's much more of a hot topic than it ever had short been. custody battles are taking place all across the country mm-hmm. so who and suffers a lot of people working that out even in prenups and also right, arranging right. it ahead of time with lawyers right. and cases well, I have some well because with, in that one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you want to talk about that but. yeah but you know, with children, with human children, you know the the, the laws uh, are it's much more spelled out. Uh, in the area of dogs, it's not, and yet people have such um, bonds with their animals and a lot well, of emotional I, you distress. Know, I, to I go went through, through a divorce, and uh, we had one dog, 
Um, and we both wanted the dog, and it ended up in court. I mean, I went through this, and in divorce court. I mean, it was one of the, mm-hmm. the, the things of contention, you know, that uh, the dog was definitely an yeah. issue of back and forth. It's a of- terrible thing because, you know, divorcing, you know, it, it creates uh, – it, it tears it at the most innocent, right, including the dog. And so who suffers the most? Too. I mean, we got three parties here, right? The guy that's complaining who says, wait, basically, I can't stand this dog anymore. He did whatever. Um, you've got the other person that loves the dog and will take anything from them, and then there's the dog himself. And it really is a three-way triangle. And what happens a lot of times, is it's very stressful on every party, including the dog. And that's when a lot of times even dogs will start to exhibit anxiety issues. And then we wonder why the dog is, as we may call it, being a bad dog. And all of a sudden starts chewing up things and acting out and whining and, and showing anxiety um, behavior. And they really sense the energy that's going on with us and what's happening in our lives. And they feel torn. So it really becomes an unfortunate situation for all the parties involved, but um, I think in the end, and I'd be curious, Alex, who got the dog in your case, but I would imagine it was the woman. Uh, you would lose that one. Really? <laughs> that okay, would be well, a bet good. you would not make any money out of. He's <laughs> safe and sound at home right now, the little one is. Thank God. Yeah, no, I, I won at that At 13 battle. years old. It cost me a pretty fortune, but <laughs> I got the dog. <laughs> so, there you go. So was well, I smart or stupid? What do you think? And it, it, oh, definitely smart. I'm I'm glad you have your dog. Um, but you know, it's interesting because, as, especially as a couple, it's one of those things that sometimes may crop up later that we don't think of before we get married. In terms of um, what are going to be some issues that we have to work out in terms of having a dog, and I think it's sort of like when you plan on having kids in advance and you don't think through everything, like, well, how are we going to discipline and and all that. So the same holds for the dog. And who's going to, how are you going to display affection? Who's going to actually walk the dog more, feed the dog, take care of the dog, the schedule? And all these issues, in a sense, can become minefields to the couple who hasn't yet learned how are they going to compromise on these basics. And so a lot of times they don't talk it out. And the next thing you know, there's strife in the relationship or they're getting upset with each other over other things, um, or they think it's about the dog when really has nothing to do with the dog. Right. 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 So let's say let's say that somebody's starting to date a, a new guy or girl, and they really like the person, and it feels right, and it seems like the relationship of a lifetime. And you discover in the, you know during this process that the the person that you're falling in love with, let's say, um, is not a dog lover, and you are a dog lover. What do you do? Run fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, Spoken like, like a flee. lunatic. <laughs> so like the dog knows, right, whether you, have, yeah, you need to flee the situation. You know, I have to say, these uh, in, in this day and age, it's really almost as important to have on your list of criteria uh, for a relationship to work out. And the main things, uh, I have a psychology background, and they always used to say, the more likely a relationship will last is if you're both from the same socioeconomic background. For instance, if you both came from upper class, if you're both the same ethnicity, same religious background, um, not saying that any relationship with... You mean we should marry ourselves? Work, but also I think <laughs> adding to that list needs to be, just as importantly, are you both dog lovers? Because it's huge these days. And you Yeah, know, that's a big divergence out. to expect in a relationship. I mean, I think most yeah. dog owners looking for love these days know to start something they can't finish, right? Like a relationship with a non-dog lover. Right. Most of the time, that's so much on their list that it may not even happen. And it's something that's going to be brought up or become obvious very soon. You know, as soon as somebody comes over to the other one's house, oh, you have a dog. And you can just tell by the initial reaction or whether... You know, and and your be- suggestion, when that happens, oh, you have a dog, you know, I, you know I'm, I don't like dogs. I mean, they shed a lot and my, oh, you know, my suits get all messed up. And your suggestion is, 
leave at the I mean stop the relationship or is your suggestion to try to work on the guy? Uh, well, I would certainly work on it at first and see if there's some kind of compromise and see how open they're going to be. Some non-dog lovers can be converted. Yeah, um, some, yeah, some can and some can't. You know what, I'm actually a case in point. My husband would have been the last person on the earth you ever would have thought would have a dog. And he, we've had two dogs together in our relationship, and he, he loves dogs now. So, you know, it can, it can happen. And people, too, old, old, uh, older people can change. So from your perspective, you work on the problem, and if it doesn't get solved or if he doesn't come your way, you say sayonara. Is that about right? I think for the long-term results, that may be the smarter move. That may be the smarter move. Okay, that's good. You know what? I kind of agree with you because, you know, you're going to have a lot more problems in your life down the line, and that dog is going to become a pawn in between the two of you. Exactly. And, you know, and one day it's going to be, I know you never liked whatever, Henry, you know. (laughs) I know you never did, you you know, whatever. Right, to trust those gut instincts that you have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with you. I think that if um, you stay with the gut instincts, work on the guy, and if you don't see the needle moving enough, even if Mm -hmm. it moves a little bit, you know what, there's there's another guy out there for you. Because, hey, listen, divorce is already at 60%. We don't want to push it to 61%, you know? Uh, and, and what do you find couples are doing that are already in a we're, we're running out of time, so actually we're not going to be able to get a full answer on this. But what? But just give us a, sh- a brief answer, if you don't mind, um, Cheryl. Couples that are already in a relationship and suddenly discover that the dog is an object of um, of problems between the two of them, what are they doing? What What do they do? Do they reach out? Is there some place to go to do something? Yeah, they're a doggy psychologist. <laughs> yep. Well, you know, sometimes just finding strength and, and packs, too, like uh, Leashes and Lovers, to come and be able to talk to other people who are probably going through your situation as well. I mean, you know, no, no dog-loving relationship is always 100% harmonious. So, you know, reaching out to those who um, are like-minded certainly helps. But the biggest word I give throughout my book continuously is compromise. So finding those areas that you can both take on then different responsibilities and then also to really share in the experience together. So maybe some of the problem, too, is we're not doing enough together these days. We're so involved with Mm -hmm. our our texting people and on Facebook and this and that, you know what, Just maybe go out for a walk with your dog <laughs> as, a, as a family unit, and you might be amazed at how much that brings you all back around. That's great, Cheryl. Good great advice. advice. Great advice. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with Karen, who actually went through this experience. Real life and experience. A real life yeah. experience. We're so we're going to hear about Karen's life. Thank you, so Cheryl. We'll talk to you. We appreciate we'll be you being back. with us. I'm Brenda Bush, co-founder of Dogs in Danger. For those of us who live with these special creatures... We understand that they're so much more than just dogs. They're faithful companions to the end. They remind us every day that life is precious and brief, full of fleeting joys and missed opportunities. Each year in this country, millions of homeless dogs are killed in shelters. There is a better way, and Dogs in Danger is working to get us there. It's the last chance for these dogs. Dogs in Danger makes it personal, with names and faces of dogs on death row, and brings us all face-to-face with a painful reality. More than 45,000 dogs have been saved with the assistance of Dogs in Danger, but we still have a long way to go. So please, open your heart and wallet to one of the thousands of dogs waiting for a second chance at life. Visit DogsInDanger.com and click Donate to help us stop the needless killing of our best friends. Do it now before they run out of time. Looking for a fabulous feline friend? 
Best Friends Animal Society presents the Academy Awards Cat Adoption Event at the Monmouth County SPCA in Eatontown, New Jersey, on Saturday, February 26th. We're rolling out the red carpet to welcome over 200 adoptable cats and kittens from local shelters and rescue groups, each one hoping to be chosen as your best supporting pet. Please join us for the Academy Awards Cat Adoption Event in New Jersey on February 26th. Hundreds of hopeful furry little stars and starlets will be waiting to meet you there. All cats will be spayed or neutered, vaccinated, microchipped, and ready to go home that day. Don't miss your chance to bring home a fabulous feline friend from the most glamorous cat adoption event of the year. Together, we can bring about a time when there are no more homeless pets. Learn more at events.bestfriends.org. Markable Radio, the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour on 77 WABC. Here are your hosts, Alex and Brenda. Hey, we're back, and we're going to go right into Karen talbot Lasasso, and I hope that is the pronunciation. Karen, are you with us this early morning? Yes, I am. Good morning. Are you morning, awake? Karen. Good morning. Yes, I am. I've been awake for a long time waiting to talk to you guys. Gee, how long is that? Um, <laughs> since 4.30. Since 4.30? Yeah. Jeez. So somebody needs, uh, how many cups of coffee have you had? None yet. Wow. <laughs> and you're That's gonna, impressive. Then you shouldn't get any because uh, right after this interview, you go should back go to back bed. to bed. <laughs> no, no, got plenty to do today. So tell us, what were the circumstances when your husband declared, from what I understand, honey, it's me or the dog? <laughs> um, well, I, I came from a background of um, throwing myself 100% into animal rescue once I discovered through dogs in danger, I might add, um, everything that goes on with with animals in our country and i just made it my mission and he's always loved animals um but did he really support 100 percent everything i was doing because it was round the clock i found it three rescue organizations and it just completely took off so he was at home he took care of our dogs which was great um he was the core at our house but he wasn't actively involved in going on our caravan with us or um, just the nitty-gritty. Um, and at one point, probably about three years into it, he had said to me, listen, do you think that maybe the dogs could sleep downstairs as opposed to all four of them in our bed? And Whoa. if you had been in the room with me and seen the expression on my face, it was, it was a, a, a look of horror. Like, how dare you ask my dogs to sleep downstairs? And then the, um, the line that he used, which he will forever try to make up to me, was, they're just dogs. Oh, no. And so, he didn't say that. All right, yeah. so what, what happened next then? He went then? there. So we, um, we, I, I just I took that line and then realized where he was coming from. And a couple months later, uh, he had said to me, listen, it's, it's really come down to, it's, it's mere the dogs. And to be honest with you, within 30 seconds, I said, okay, I'll call a divorce lawyer tomorrow. Wow. I said, I am absolutely not giving up what I do or my dogs. I, I saved them, and I made a commitment to them. When I saved them, I looked in each one of their eyes, and I said, you're safe now. Now, wait, Karen, there was a couple of months, you said, in between mm-hmm. the time when he asked you to move the dogs out of the bed, right? Right, and that okay. never happened. I moved downstairs. <laughs> So you moved downstairs with the dogs. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. so in those couple of months, did he get even more 
uh, let's say, uh, radical from your perspective? Did he actually ask for the dogs for, you know, not just moving him out of the bed, but moving him out of the house? Did it go in that direction? No, it didn't go that far because he he didn't say, can we move the dogs out of the house? It was, um, this is not working. I, I want, it, it's either me or the dogs. And so I guess if I read between the lines, it was, you choose the dogs or you choose me. But was he just talking about you coming back upstairs Maybe he was bed? just looking for some compromise. No, well, there was no compromise. Um, well, no. And- <laughs> he really just wanted a lifestyle where it was uh, just, just us um, and my rescue work come to a stop. So when he had said, it's me or the dogs, it was pretty much everything I did um, and my dogs because it just became too overwhelming for him. So you never considered a compromise with no, him? No, no. And, no. When and somebody you never... crosses the line and says, they're just dogs, there's no compromise with me. So what happened, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, of course, Karen, but what happened is for a couple of months, he slept upstairs in the bedroom and you slept downstairs in the basement with the dogs. Yeah, I slept down in the computer room. Mm-hmm. In the computer room with the dogs, correct? Mm-hmm. And uh, and every single day there was tension between the two of you for those two months. Yeah, but there was really no communication for those those um, couple months. It was um, he did his thing, I did my thing. We we cohabitated in the house. I mean, at that point, I have to think that a lot more is broken in the relationship mm-hmm. than just sleeping in separate bedrooms. Is, mm-hmm. is that true? <laughs> Was yeah. there more broken in the relationship than just the dogs? Yeah, absolutely. Just on a whole, you know, once once that happened, it was... Uh, but before that happened, there was nothing more that was wrong with the relationship, in your opinion? No, no. Before that happened. Mm-hmm. So once it happened, it sort of cascaded into yeah. lots of different places. That yes, you, it snowballed all over. It snowballed all over. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you guys actually called a divorce lawyer? I did, yeah. I uh, I called the divorce lawyer the next day. And uh, within 24 hours, I had made arrangements for um, another house. Um, part of the divorce agreement included a privacy vinyl fence around my new property, of course, because my priority was my dogs. Um, I have a son from a previous relationship, and Matthew completely was on board. You know, we were, um, we were leaving with our family of my son and my poor dogs. And I had said to Dante... When we were leaving, I said, you know, it's going to come a day where this is going to be a big, giant, empty shell of a house, and you're not going to hear the, the chaos and the pitter-patter, and you're going to be a lonely person. We're not. We can go anywhere and have a home as long as we're all together. So you and, took your son from mm-hmm. a prior marriage mm-hmm. and four dogs, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And moved out. Yes. And the main reason for this whole thing to happen, and you got a divorce, right? Mm-hmm. You went right through the divorce. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, during the divorce process, did he come back at you guys and say, look, we can figure this out, we can <laughs> we can fix this with the dog somehow, you know, blah, blah? Well, he actually came to our documentary premiere in Philadelphia um, of our caravan movie, Take Me Home, and the entire theater was filled, and he came. I was very surprised that he came. And by the end of the premiere, he was texting me from the audience because he was sitting with my family. They still all loved him. And the text that I was receiving backstage um, was, I cannot believe I have been so jealous of you saving lives. I miss you, I miss Matthew, and, and I miss our dogs. I'll take the rest of my life to make this up to you. Wow, wow. So what was your reaction That's to dramatic. that? Yeah. My reaction was, you know, is this a person who's just doing anything at all because he did 
have that empty, lonely feeling of an empty shell of a house without us? Or is he being very sincere about this? So I was kind of on the fence, like, yeah, right. You know, I did this. I, I, I put this caravan together in our home from my computer. So now why does it take an event this big for you to notice what I've been doing for three years? And how right. important it is to you. Right. So and, you didn't and, trust him at first. I, I was very leery because right. I just didn't think, you know, overnight it could be. I miss the dogs. Well, the dogs were the reason that we divorced. Now you miss them. So I was kind of very, I was very leery about it. And, th- and there's an update to this story. Yeah, and the update <laughs> yeah, is a very happy update. We uh, he went on transports with me, and we were meeting people from Georgia to um, bring puppies home, and we did it quite often. But again, I didn't realize, you know, or think, is he doing this just because he wants to prove a point, or is he doing it because it, it really changed him? And one particular transport, we went to North Carolina to meet a Georgia rescuer. And she brought us three puppies, and they were all going home um, to families that had been waiting to rescue and adopt puppies like these. And it was at Christmas time, so it was so heartwarming that we were bringing three puppies home for Christmas time, and they were going to be under trees with their families. And um, at one of the truck stops, one of the puppies got loose, and it happened. It was an accident and took off, and Dante went running into the woods. We were in Halifax, North Carolina. And he went running into the woods, and we had no idea what was in the middle of the woods. It was just treacherous. You fell four foot into thorn-infested brush. Um, It was an old cotton plantation field on the other side. And the puppy was gone, and he was gone for about 45 minutes. And then I heard him screaming that he fell through a log. He gashed his leg open. And he finally came out of the woods without the puppy, and he fell to his knees. And my first reaction was, oh, my gosh, I have to get you to the hospital. And he was crying uncontrollably. And I said, Dante, are you, are, let me get you to the hospital. And he said, I don't care if you cut my leg off right now. The puppy is lost. And at that split moment, I realized it wasn't about me. It wasn't about his injury. It was about the puppy that was lost. And he got it. He finally got what I did. And he um, he said to me, Care, uh, we have to stay here. We have to stay here until we find this puppy. And we camped out all night long at a road stop. The Halifax Police Department came out. I mean, you name it. It was a total uh, restoration and humanity for us. Um, and while he was at one end of the woods the next morning, because we were prepared to go in the next morning, um, he was at one end, I was at the other end, and we both vowed that if this miracle happened and this puppy were found, not only would we start going to church again, but we would remarry because he finally got it. And at 8.15 uh, on Monday morning, he started screaming from the middle of the woods that he found the puppy. He had wow. to dive through a six-foot wall of thorns to get to her, but had one split second. And it was almost like everything was given back to us. That's, um, a, that's a great heartwarming story. So the, the it dog really, it took was, it away, and the dog brought you back together. Yeah, absolutely. It was um, it was really something. And uh, real quick, we uh, we've been told, you know, by a couple different people in Halifax that they would love for us to remarry back there, and um, we're going to remarry back in Halifax where it all happened. Good where for we you. Lost that's the great. And found each other. Yeah. Congratulations, Good for you, Karen. Good for yeah. you. And we're, thank you we're so much out of time. Thank for you sharing for your us. thank you for sharing your personal what a great story with story. us. <laughs>
Thank We're going to keep so up much. with you. Take care. Thanks, Thanks again. Bye. And we'll be right back with Faith Maloney from. When uh, we Best first Friends. started thinking about dogs in danger, we had one overriding thought. Millions of innocent dogs were being killed in shelters each year in this country. And we realized there was no way for the public to know which dogs were going to die and when. That's when the light bulb went on. So we created DogsInDanger.com, where every dog gets a last chance at life. The good public embraced the idea, and more than 45,000 dogs are alive today, bringing joy to families everywhere. In today's economy, it's hard for anyone to part with their money. But Dogs in Danger needs your help to keep saving lives. If you believe, like we do, that needless killing is morally wrong, then do something about it. Please go to DogsInDanger.com and make a tax-deductible donation. Just $18 a month will help us continue our life-saving mission. Donate to DogsInDanger.com and do something good for your soul. Gain a body, save a life. DogsInDanger.com Let him listen to the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour on 77 WABC. Back to Alex and Brenda. Hey, we're back on the air. And without, what a great story from Karen. Yeah. Huh? What a great story. The Very dog breaks them up. Story. And now they're and getting the remarried again. Yeah. And they want to get married uh, where they where lost the dog and Very they discovered romantic. each other. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Let's bring on Faith Maloney from Best Friends Animal Care. Uh, she is actually a founder of Best Friends Animal Society, and she's an animal, animal care consultant. Faith, are you with us? Good morning. Good morning. What time is it where you are? Uh, just after 4.30 in the morning. And I love that British accent. This Thank early in the morning you. wakes me right up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Faith. A great pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, our great pleasure. So give us an idea. How often does it happen? Um, I'm, I'm sure you guys get a, a, a very large perspective of this issue. How often does it happen when the uh, the dog gets caught in between the two humans? You know, um, I, I know this was that part of the topic of this uh, show, and I asked around a lot of uh, my colleagues, and we don't tend to see that one as much. What we see is, because we're a rescue organization, we see um, when couples go for a divorce uh, or break up or the new boyfriend arrives, they just don't want the dog anymore. Right, right. So we tend to see that more than any custody battles. Um, and actually, that was our question number two for you. So you're you're right on target for us. Yeah, we we um, uh, we tend to see people who uh, you know enter the relationship with a, with an animal, and then something happens in the human relationship, which could be, as I said, new new boyfriend. We had a we had one of those recently. We adopted uh, a wonderful dog, a uh, four year old. Uh, Catahoula mix to this wonderful, wonderful lady. Um, and we do fairly extensive, you know, we do home evaluations. We, we interview people. You know, we, we knew this was a wonderful, wonderful home. But then she, she acquired a new boyfriend. And you mean the she didn't have didn't a boyfriend like when you guys gave it, gave, uh, the she adoption? She didn't have the boyfriend. Okay. And then she got the boyfriend, which was great. You know, we're all for people having boyfriends or hey. girlfriends or whatever they want. Um, but the dog didn't like the boyfriend. Oh, not the boyfriend and didn't like the dog. The dog didn't like the boyfriend. The dog didn't like the, bo- uh, didn't like the boyfriend. Therefore, therefore, the boyfriend didn't like the dog. Okay, so what happened I next? Wish, I wish I could say that, that because that does happen if you, uh, you bring a new person into it, the family, sometimes it takes a little while for the, for the animal to warm up. But, I mean, I don't like all right. people either, right? I mean, exactly. do- dogs are like that too. I mean, there are some training and behavior things that you can do. It depends on how extreme uh, it is. I'll have to have, take an exception on this. I like all people. 
Yeah. I've ah. never met a person I know. You also lie like a cheap hey, rug. I was going to say, I've got a bridge for you. You know, when I was doing rescue work so many uh, years ago, um, they actually put in their contract, and I know that a lot of rescue organizations do, uh, in the event that, that uh, you split up, who gets the dog? And that question always well, wait, really surprises but, but, people. Brenda, before we go there, let's get the end of the story. So what happened? Oh, yes, so the, okay, the, so, so it, was, it was kind of mutual. I think it started with the dog not liking the boyfriend. Right. Uh, but then rather than the boyfriend saying, well, you know, I love you, I love your dog, let's work on this. Because as, as you were saying, these things can be so easily turned around, usually with treats. Um, right. The decision was, okay, the boyfriend over the dog, and the dog wow. was returned. I get so uh, frustrated when I which hear was those stories. Sad. I mean, yeah. we, make, we make sure that we make that easy for people. We never want people to feel that they can't. You know, we don't then sort of sit them down and chastise them and say, well, you could have worked this out a different way. Um, we say, okay. But fine. we hope that they recognize the commitment that they made to the animal and that they work yes. a lot harder at it before, you know, just turning them I love, there's one thing I, I, I thought of when I knew I was coming on the show, and it was something a colleague of mine, I think who's been on the show, Francis Batista is one oh, of the yes. founders. Oh, yes, great yeah. guy. He he's um, he said something many years ago, which I I've just always loved and and treasured and and carted out whenever I can. Uh, it was something he wrote about relationships. He said, "Here you are. You're about to embark on the hardest relationship of your life, meaning uh, with another human being, and it's often at that point that you decide to give up." the easiest relationship, that is, you and your dog. Yeah. And I just, that's always stuck in my mind. Oh, absolutely. But, but, but Faith, let me ask you, how often do you see this happening? I mean, how common is this? um, It's, it's common, but thank goodness, not, um, not, not like every day or every week. It's, it, it pops up. Um, I think what we have now, what we do here is when we make a, a make a placement, we offer behavioral and training assistance. In fact, we follow up on all our dog adoptions um, regularly, but we also offer a dog trainer to to discuss any issues or problems. So we, if this uh, particular lady had said, you know, I really want, I love this dog, I really want to work with you and the boyfriend, etc., we, we would have been able to get them through that. Did you, uh, by any chance, hear the conversation with the guest we had just before you came on just here? Just at the end. I got, um, I got put through just at the end. It was an incredible ending to that Isn't story. that something? Yeah. That's real life oh on top goodness. of that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So Karen went through this where she basically, you know, where it was, uh, it's mere the dog, and she said, listen, it's definitely the dog. And you just told us of a story that you know of where it was mere the dog, and it was definitely uh, you, you know, the dog was ended up at home. Which way does it go typically? I mean, you know, what's the 35,000 feet view on it? Uh, more, the, we, we see, I think possibly too, because we do make it, um, a, a, any animal that comes through Best Friends Animal Society, we have a commitment to for life. And everyone knows that, and it's part of our contract when we do an adoption, that at any point, at any time, for any reason, uh, the dog or cat or whatever it is that is part of the adoption can come back. Right, but so how often people feel okay about that, and that tends to be more what we see ah. um, is that people then will. Um, in fact, we have people who, as I say, get divorced. Um, right. Um, one re- re- sad story recently was 
um, a couple we'd adopted to got divorced. Um, the lady part took one of the dogs. There were two. Uh, we'd only adopted one dog. But she took that dog, and uh, she said the um, the husband was keeping the other dog. But in fact, we tracked it and we found the dog left abandoned oh, in the home. That's really. Terrible. And that was huh. very tragic yeah. and, and, and so unnecessary because we would not have given anyone a hard time, you know, right. if they right. said, look, I'm sorry, this isn't working the out. The whole reason you try to make it, I, I don't want to say make it easy, but, you know, allow them that out if they truly need it is so those things don't happen to the dogs. That's right, because our commitment primarily is to, to the dog, right. Right. not to the people. Um, We've had people who've moved, you know, they move, one one couple moved to Australia and said, oh, sorry, we can't take the dog. One uh, couple moved to Hawaii and uh, didn't want to be bothered. So even though you're doing, and I know it sounds like we, we're bad at adoptions. <laughs> this no. is kind of rare. <laughs> it's not like it happens all the time, but, the, the, but happens, we're seeing yeah. that, that, that human, it's easy to give up the dog, let's put it that way. Right, right, right. Um, and is, that applies not just to us, but because of, of our shelter system. You know, anyone can just bring in a dog any old time. Well, there's so right. many scenarios in divorce. I mean, you can have the divorcing couple who are fighting a custody battle because they both desperately want the dog. Yes. Or you can have a situation where, you know, m- maybe one of the parties wants to keep the dog and just can't afford to keep the dog. I've seen mm-hmm. that so many times in shelters. That's right. Well, is That's best friends making it too easy for them to turn the dog in in, in moments of conflict? Um, I don't. I, when I say when you say too easy, I, I I think what we do, as I said before, our commitment is always to the dog. Um, and of course, I'm I'm highlighting these stories. Sure, sure. Most of the time, what we're doing, and this is what I love, because we have a team of people. A, who work on the adoption, but B, who support the adoption. Mm-hmm. That's so, so important. Most of the time, what we're doing is being able to help people through whatever crisis it is and and go on. That's much more common for us than the surrenders. Than the surrenders. Um, but I, I researched this a little for the show <laughs> because um, I knew this was your topic. So I asked around and I said, well, what, what are the situations we've had? And no one here... If if there were custody issues going on with our adopters, we might be unaware of it mm-hmm. because somebody is keeping the dog. And if, if we're well, only going to hear about it if they don't want the dog. Right, right. If you were, let's say, it was a kill shelter. Obviously, Best Friends Society is far from a kill shelter. Obviously, it's the exact opposite end of the spectrum. But if you were a kill shelter and the same situation happened, do you think that people would be much more reticent and turning the dog over to back to you guys? I mean, Best Friends says, listen, if it's not working out and there's no other way around it, we'll take the dog back because we obviously look make out for the dog. Make a commitment to the dog. Right. Right. We right. make a commitment to the dog. But the municipal shelters, shelters don't do that. I, right. think, shelters that, I think in the cases that I've, I'm describing here, I don't think it would have made a worse of difference. You don't think, think it would have made I, any No, difference. because you're looking at people who have a different set of priorities. Right. And, right. and usually um, by the time they get to that, they've already made the decision. You got it. And when, that's when so... Yes. When I was first doing this um, work, um, people would call up and say, oh, you know, we, we can't keep this. In. And I'm not talking about adoption return, but when they were wanting to give us a dog, they'd call up and they'd say, oh, we just can't keep this dog. This dog is destroying the furniture. It's doing this. And I was so eager. I was sort of, you know, this was the joy of the newly converted. I'd say, oh, good heavens, that's not a problem. Good heavens, mm-hmm. I can show you how to get over that. And then there'd be this terrible pause on the phone like, and they yeah. go 
Well, uh, yeah, he also digs holes in the yard. Oh, well, that's easy. You can do this. Well, and then, uh, so after a while, I worked out exactly what you just said. They'd already made up their minds. They picked a reason. A more seasoned rescuer, you know, years down the road learns to say, is this a decision you're already set on or do we have some room for negotiation? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I after I, I was so keen on all these new things I was finding out and what you could do and you could, oh, no, you can solve that problem, realizing that the majority of people don't, if they've reached that point. Now, when people do call up, they call up and say, you know, we love this dog. We love this this cat, but we have this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, can you help? And then, of course, we have a team of people that can step in there and help. We have uh, community training partners as a program with trainers all around the country that we can um, get somebody in to help. And then you know you have a, a wonderful solution. Right. But once that person has kind of sealed it in their head, um, there's very little negotiation at that point, we found. Faith, how often have you found uh, that people, I mean, couples or an individual in a couple in a conf- conflicted situation choose the animal I'm sorry, I over the. I understand that. Uh, how often have you found in a conflicting situation like this that the one of the individuals chooses the animal over the couple? Meaning, like Karen did, uh, go all the way through to a divorce over the animal. If need be, I mean that's the extreme well, case. Obviously, well, as, as I was here. saying, that we we met, might not even hear about that. Right. You see. Those stories don't don't make it. They're to the not going to call you. Best no, friends, because right. why, why why would they tell us if somebody's? We only find out when someone doesn't want the dog. Right. And and where does the the, the dog's protector's responsibility lie, in your opinion? Then. Um, uh, again, I'm sorry. What uh, I don't quite well, understand that. You know, when you adopt a dog. You make a you, you lifetime take on commitment. A certain, certain responsibility, right, to the dog. Well, I mean, you, we're, you we're feed him, that, water, yes. you know, da, da, da. You're doing all of this kind of stuff, right? You've taken on. Well, a he, Alex is saying that hopefully the, the the dog owners have done that. Yeah, when yeah. you're adopting a dog, you're taking on this this creature that lives and breathes based on your you know supporting him. Uh, he has no other ways of getting food for himself or water. We or, promise them love and food and right. housing. So, and I would say, I would say that the uh, majority of people that make that commitment do follow through on it. They do follow through on it. But, I would say that, yes. I, I think, um, it, like, I always explain to people, particularly people when they first get, start getting into adoptions, uh, we do workshops here, and I, I'm one of the instructors on those workshops. And we say to people, look, when you're starting to do this kind of work and doing adoptions, it's going to be the riskiest and, and scariest thing you're going to do because you're entrusting the life of that animal to this new person. Right. You know, you it's as a rescue group may have uh, taken it out of the story before, you know, the puppy out of the woods. You've gone to a lot of um, uh, trouble to rescue that animal, to rehabilitate the animal, to do medical uh, training, etc. So you already have a, quite a big commitment, and here you are going to be handing over that commitment to another person. Mm-hmm. So there's always um, some high risk in that. But um, what uh, what you're you're hoping very much is that then that new person takes on that commitment role, um, and y- usually we only will be aware of a breakdown in that if life happens. And again, I counsel some of the younger folks getting into this kind of uh, rescue work. 
um, you know, very often I've had people say to me, I would never, ever give up an animal. I would never. You know, I, you, you, you just couldn't tear this animal away from me. It, and it's hard for the people in rescue community not to have and I was, disdain I for the ones who do. And I will come back to that person and say, I did this conversation one time, and I said to this young lady, how old are you? <laughs> and she said, 25. I said, well... You know, <laughs> life happens. Talk to me yeah. in 30 years. Well, Talk to you me know, in 30 years because the thing is that some of us who have kind of gone through a few decades here know that life happens to people, right. um, especially in this economy. We're seeing people losing jobs, homes, having to move to locations where maybe pet deposits are very high. I ran into this one years ago when somebody couldn't keep an animal, and I said, well, Oh, no, there are plenty of places in whatever city it was. I'm sure if you could work at it, you could find a good place to rent. And then they turned to me and they said, do you know how much they're asking per pet for pet deposits? Wow. Yeah. That's and a big problem across. Yeah. Huge, huge problem. And, it's a big problem. And, huge, and so, problem. you know, you go, oh. And then you realize what, that when life hits you in the face, Sometimes you've got to make decisions. Now, I, I think there are many, many people out there, and there's probably all, all, all of us here on the, on the air right now, that would follow through regardless. You know, if it meant sleeping in our car, we'd right. keep the dog. We'd keep the dog, but yeah. some people, families, pressures, um, they get desperate. You know, and, the- and we always want to make sure that, uh, that they... Uh, that that uh, that animal isn't going to be left out in the cold. I was one of those package deals, you know, love me, love my dogs, multiple. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't I know? <laughs> but, but faith, I always it, say I never, I never, I never, I'll never say that I love the dogs more than I love you. Just don't ever ask me to choose. I love, I love that double talk, you know, <laughs> doesn't say anything, just threaten, you know, yeah. hidden threats. <laughs> but know, compromise. Look, it's with anything else in relationships, right? You have to be responsible, mature, be honest, and you have to compromise. Exactly. So and, I, and, and, and what I love is when people do reach out for that help, because there's so much help available now. Um, I think when um, when it comes to this having to uproot your entire life, this is challenging, um, and, and we're yeah. seeing that. We're seeing that not only in you know as a result of adoption, but we were seeing an increase in animals coming into our shelter system across the country because right. people uh, just can't cope. Yeah, you know, it's especially a, with the recession. End of the yeah. wedge, and it's acceptable. I was love. I was told this story uh, many years ago by. Um, a lady who did Great Dane Rescue in, uh, you know, dog-specific rescue out of Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And a family she'd adopted to, to this uh, family, and they called her up and said, I'm really sorry, we can't keep this Great Dane. Um, we're moving. And she said, oh, fine, okay. And she started sort of doing the paperwork, and she said, um, oh, because uh, she knew they had kids in the family. She said, oh, by the way, who are you leaving the children with? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I, I that always again struck me as very funny and very sort of quick on quick on the take. Yeah, there. but the, the the surrendering owner doesn't find it all that humorous. I'll tell you because I've tried it. <laughs> <laughs> I've used that line. It was not popular. It wasn't popular. No, no. no. <laughs> Somehow um, humans get a get a break when it comes to being able to be moved, but the dog often yes. doesn't. Yeah, it's it's sad. And you know what? 
I have to commend you guys for being so open and, uh, and, and so giving to these very difficult times and being one of the few resources that people in, this diff- you know, in, in difficulty. Um, and it could be in a million ways. Like you said, life happens. You know, it's not always people yep. being evil. It's just sometimes it's, it's rough. We like to, we'd like to think that, yeah, we like to think that we will always be able to stay true to whatever our commitments are. Um, but sometimes things happen. And yeah. we've got, we as the rescue community also need to be sensitive to that and be, and not, and not hold people, um. Right. So accountable. Yeah, so accountable that they, uh. Well, or treat them that, with that such disdain. tell you. Yeah. I mean, this is what shocked us so much about the story I told you about the, um, the lady took one, the one dog and then the husband was going to take the other dog, but we discovered had a ban- left the dog in an abandoned house. Yeah. And that we don't, we don't know what fell through because we, it was not hard to get that dog back to us, but maybe the, the guy was embarrassed or shamed or it, you know, he didn't want to own up to it. So in fact, we of course got the dog and the dog is fine and the dog was then turned around well, and Well, thankful, thankfully for that. Yeah. Faith, I, I, I we're out of time, Faith. Yeah, we're out of time, okay. Faith. Thank you very much. Go back Great to pleasure. sleep. Thank you again. We'll see you Thanks soon. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Brenda. What's the best way for the good folks out there to help their furry friends? Well, they can buy our Dogs in Danger branded t-shirts, mouse pads, and postage stamps. And you know those stamps are real U.S. postal stamps, so you can use them every day. Just think, someone else finding out about this cause each time you send a letter. So please go to dogsindanger.com and buy from our selection of logoed products. Remember, each purchase helps us save a life. That's dogsindanger.com. We're going to jump right into our uh, dogs of the day. We actually have three of them today, dogs that are highlighted and promoted from the Dogs in Danger website that are in need all across the country. And the first one is promoted by Laura Holland of Reston, Virginia. So thank you, Laura. And that uh, is for Stubby, an Australian Shepherd mix. Uh, They're calling him an uh, Aussie Corgi mix. Greenville County Animal Care Services in Greenville, South Carolina. Yes, these dogs are all over the country. And so, uh, let's see, Aussie Corgi Mix, he's a male, um, estimated to be only about four months old. He has the fluffiest little coat, those short legs that the corgis have. They're so cute. Adorable. Um, About 25 pounds. He has a gash on his face. You can see it in the photo, the poor thing that they're treating. Um, He's very friendly. He was found wandering around their parking lot. Can you believe that? So where is sad. he? Where is he? In? He's Quickly? in Greenville, South Carolina. Greenville, South Carolina. Yeah, he's and on our website. The dog. Go to dogsindanger.com, search South Carolina, you'll find him, or go to our radio hour page. His name is Stubby, and he's at Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, and the next dog that we have is Blue Eyed Polly, and he is in New Martinsville, West Virginia. And this dog is gorgeous. I have to say, I confess, I'm partial to the blue eyes. He's a, a lab mix, black lab mix. So he has those gorgeous blue eyes on the black coat, and he's just a stunning dog. And this is what they say about him. Old Blue Eyes is a nice young boy who wants to be with people. He does good with other dogs and loves everyone he meets, quickly settles down. One-year-old, very beautiful blue eyes. And last but certainly not least is uh, little Simon, a chihuahua at Baldwin Park Animal Care and Control in Baldwin Park, California. So check out our website. We've got lots of dogs available, including those three. Last time I looked, there was a thousand dogs fighting for life on dogsandanger.com. Next week, we're talking leash laws. Leash laws. Don't you love them? Oh, Alex loves that topic. Oh, man. Do I hate leash laws. I'm going to get all fired up next week. I'm going to get all. I'm fired up already. I can do another hour right now. But we are out of time on 77 WABC. Uh, we're going to say bye, go get a bagel, and go back to sleep. Take the dogs out. See you next week. Okay.